The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end, it's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Oh, wow. I'm so happy to be back. I feel like I haven't been here for weeks with y'all. So this is it. This is the Sarah Carter Show. And we have so much going on for you today. Uh, First, I'd like to tell you who our guest is going to be. This is so exciting. It's going to be Lacey Johnson. And why is he so important? Because he is going to be the challenger to Representative Ilhan Omar. Yes, you heard it. Somebody is willing to take on Ilhan Omar and this, this gentleman is wonderful. I'm going to fill you in on all the details, his background. He's a family man. He cares about his community. He loves Minnesota. He wants to see changes. And we want to help him get the word out so that you can decide for yourselves. Ilhan Omar or Lacey Johnson, folks. And now I want to talk a little bit about Lacey Johnson before we go to him. He's the Republican challenging Ilhan Omar. He's been living in North Minneapolis for 40 years. I first realized this amazing man was out there getting ready to challenge Ilhan Omar when I saw on a Twitter account. Just by happenstance, I was just going through Twitter and I saw this incredible video of this wonderful human being with his wife and his kids in, you know, in Minnesota and talking about this, uh, you know, potential challenge against Ilhan Omar, talking about real values, American values, American values. He has two sons, Darian and Adrian. They live in North Minneapolis. Um, that's been their hometown. He's running against this far left Ilhan Omar who he believes espouses hate speech. He spoke with the Federalist once. Now he's going to come talk to us. I'm very excited to have him on. I want him to tell his story. But before I go there, I want you all to hear this very first clip that I have of Ilhan Omar and what it means to have won her congressional seat. Let's play that. There really hasn't been um, a moment since this journey began where um, I don't really pinch myself uh, and think, how did I get here? Is this really happening? I pinch myself every time I see her talk. How did this really happen? I, I mean, I don't understand. There are a lot of things that she says that are deeply concerning to me. And I'm going to talk to Lacey Johnson about them. A lot of things. Remember that? It's all about the Benjamins. She's very anti-Semitic, at least in her behavior, how she operates, what she espouses, what comes out of her mouth. Hate speech against Israel, against Jews. It's all about the Benjamins, the $100 bills in reference reference to Israel, in reference to people that support Israel. Come on. I have to pinch myself every time that happens. 
She's right about one thing, though. America is an amazingly beautiful, fragile, and strong nation that is made up of immigrants, every single one of us, less than Native Americans that have been here since the beginning. But we are all immigrants, and we all have a story to tell. And she should be grateful and thankful because this country gave her so much and took her away from Somalia. It was in upheaval. It still is her country, her former place of birth. This is now her nation. So, yes, she should be proud. My mother was an immigrant. My mother was an immigrant and was so proud to be an American. She came from Cuba. I was her firstborn in the United States. So putting all of that aside, I'm going to bring on Lacey Johnson. I want him to talk about what it means to be an American, what it means for him to run against Ilhan Omar, and what it means for us as citizens when we challenge someone. Remember, her rhetoric is strong. Her rhetoric is strong. She has support, people. She has support out there. So it's going to take someone as strong or stronger than she is to deliver a message that says, no more, we're not going to allow you to espouse hate. This isn't about you being from Somalia. This is about what comes out of your mouth. This is about what you say. America is a welcoming place. Whether you're Muslim, whether you're from China, whether you're from Cuba, whether you're from anywhere in the world, this is a country, a nation built on immigrants, built by immigrants. Whether you're from Africa. But there's a line, too. And we know what that is. And when you espouse hate against your own nation, the nation that opened up its arms to you, there is a problem. So I have Lacey Johnson on the line with me right now, folks. He he is challenging Ilhan Omar. He is uh, incredible. I know I went through it over and over and over again. I want I want Mr. Johnson to talk in his own words about why he decided to challenge Ilhan and the the future that he sees for Minneapolis, for his district, and for his state. Hi, Lacey. It's so great to have you on. Thank you very much. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing everything you have to say. So I want to let you start. Um, Fill me in. What made you challenge Ilhan Omar? Well, I think we have to go back to uh, the fundamentals of why I got into politics in the first place. Uh, I'm really consider myself a non-politician, a computer technologist, uh, which I did in the corporate world for over 40 years, building military systems mainly. But I I got into politics originally because I see a lot of problems going unsolved. I mean, decades-old problems going unsolved. And you have to realize I live in one of the poorest zip codes in the state of Minnesota, if not the poorest zip, zip code. I'm not one of those uh, successful professionals who moved to the suburbs. I stayed in my community uh, because I think that helps uh, with the community. And so I was looking around, I was looking at the poverty, I was looking at the drug addiction, the crime, the violence, and I'm fairly familiar in details with the liberal, liberal democratic 
approach to solving these issues, and I think it's just all wrong. And I got into politics to make a difference and to give people a different way of looking at these issues, a different approach, and a different uh, ideas on solving them. I consider myself a problem solver. And so that's the reason mm-hmm. I got originally into politics. Now, having said that, uh, in talking to a lot of my Republican friends, they thought I would be a good candidate against her. And I just don't like a lot of her position, her support of the socialist globalist agenda, which are contrary to the fundamental principles of this country. Uh, I think she's self-promoting and more concerned about national politics than being and, and, and being an anti-Trump celebrity than serving the people of this district. And um, she has little interest in improving the lives of the poor people in this district uh, that I care about. Let's talk about that really quick, because I don't want people to underestimate what you see and what you've dealt with in your own district. Talk a little bit in detail about what it's like when you drive around your district and what you're seeing with your own eyes and what hasn't changed. Oh, yeah. You have to remember, Minneapolis uh, had a wave of uh, immigration from Chicago, Detroit, and other areas. So a lot of people came here trying to look for a better life. But they also brought a lot of the issues from those different cities here, too. So when you looked up, uh, what you saw was a lot of poverty. I think uh, uh, the African-American poverty rate has been hovering around 40 percent. Below poverty rate has been hovering around 40 percent for the last few decades. I think the Native American is up in the 60s. The Asians are in the 40s. And so everywhere you look, you just see poverty. Uh, There's a lot of crime uh, and violence going on. Uh, we have issues with housing, especially senior housing. Uh, there's there are educational gaps that's going on, and once again, being a problem solver, I realize that what we need to do fundamentally is to address some of the family uh, issues that the break up of the family. First of all, we have to address some of the educational issues, some of the economic issues, and there's uh, issues that I call spirituality issues. So those are the type of things that I saw that was not being done. And I got tired of hearing uh, uh, the Democrats and liberals blame society, history, racism, and all that stuff to get ahead. And keep in mind, I was born and raised in a poor black environment. And so I have a pretty good idea of one thing that works and and what it works in our case, uh, because uh, my graduating class in high school, even though we were poor and black, I think about 75, 80% of us went on to college. Uh, We got great jobs. We married. Uh, we married the uh, spouses of our children. We built a certain amount of wealth. We own homes. And so I want to take that basic model and apply it to our district with all the issues and problems. And once again, you got drug issues, you got family issues, you got violence issues, you got all these type of issues that's going on. And for decades, uh, the approach that the liberal Democrats have been using have not had any effect. In fact, it has gotten worse. And they tend to come into our community uh, the, the zip code that I live in, the poor zip code, I think the last I looked at it, they had about 251 nonprofits. So the Democrats do not look at our community as having the human capital, the intelligence, the hard work ethics and things like that to, to take a free enterprise-based competitive capitalist approach to these issues, which I think is the ultimate solution. In fact, I'm pretty safe in saying I don't think any of these other nonprofit government program solutions will ever work. Uh, we saw... They have something here called the Achievement Zone uh, that uh, came in under the Obama administration, 
and just roughly off the top of my head, we have have to have uh, poured at least fifty million dollars into this achievement zone. In your ride around, you see no effects uh, of this money. Also, we got uh, corporate sponsors and things that pump fifteen to twenty million dollars into this area every year, and nothing is making a difference. So it's time for us to take a different approach and come up with some uh, Republican conservative based. Uh, methods and philosophies and apply that to these issues. Well, part of that, and you brought up so many amazing and right on target points that we're dealing with in this country. And it's the, it's the issue of, are you a victim and are you going to live in a victim mentality or are you going to believe in people enough to say, you know what? I believe in this community. I believe in the people in my own community. I know they can make it. I know that they can be entrepreneurs just like me. I know that they can go to school and graduate. We just got to put the right values back into the community. Is that part of what you're running on? Those values, those intrinsic values that say, you know, life is hard and I get it. And it can be very tough. But we can overcome all of those struggles if we just believe in ourselves enough, push ourselves forward as a community and make it happen. Yes, I uh I believe in the message of this isn't going to be easy. And that's one of the things uh, I'm conveying in my message. And it's not going to always be fair. As a matter of fact, I often tell them when I was growing up, the mantra was fair is a place where you judge pigs. So don't be going through life expecting fair and all that stuff. So you're exactly right. We live in a country that gives us opportunity to get ahead. I was at a a, a meeting over the weekend, and uh, one of the subjects came up, well, why is it that, other immigrants are able to move here. And we have, a, as you know, we probably have a, a large selection of Somalians. We have a great large selection uh, of Hispanics. We have a large, probably large selection of Hmongs in the country. And the people in our district see uh, these immigrants coming in, and all of a sudden you see a section of town springing up with businesses and things like that. And one of the questions over the weekend was, why are they able to come here and do that? And my uh, response was, fundamentally, they have a different mindset. Uh, We have been trained by the liberal Democrats and the liberal media to think of ourselves as victims and and focus on how unfair things are and focus on all the negative things. And what I'm trying to get people to do is focus on all the great positive things about America. In fact, I, I can honestly say that anything that I set out to do in life, any goal I set for myself, the only reason I didn't reach it was because of something, because of something I did or didn't do. And I think that's basically mm. true of this whole country. And so I'm trying to get people to see that. And also I'm trying to get people to have faith and confidence in themselves that they can be entrepreneurs, that we do have Bill Gates and, and Larry Ellison and people like that in our community, and that we need to bring that out and start focusing on that and developing that mindset versus developing a mindset of victimhood and poverty and all these obstacles that's in our way. So, yes, you're exactly right, uh, and that's the message I'm trying to uh, project to our community. And, and it's been well-received. Uh, and the surprising part, and once again, while I got into politics, is that I'm sitting at home and I'm listening to TV and watching stuff or in the media, and I'm thinking nothing they are talking about really has anything to do with the people lives that I see every day. Uh, I'm going to That's what I say. That's yeah. what I say, Lacey. I, every time I hear Ilhan Omar talk, I never hear her talk about the people of the 5th District. Right. I never hear about those issues. It's always an attack on Trump 
or uh, an attack on the Republicans or we're victims, we have to fight it or because I'm a woman or because I'm an immigrant or because I'm black. This is why they're targeting me. I never hear about what are you going to do for the people of your district? What are you going to do to build them up? I want to play a clip really quick. This is a clip of Ilhan Omar. I don't want you to respond to it. The thing that upsets, the thing that upsets the occupant of the White House, his coons in the Republican Party, many of our colleagues in the Democratic Party, is that, is that they can't stand, they cannot stand that a refugee, a black woman, an immigrant, a Muslim shows up in Congress thinking she's equal to them. Well, it's the typical uh, identity politics, uh, liberal nonsense that comes from the Democratic Party. As you, we mentioned earlier, it has nothing to do with the issues uh, in our community. And it's consistent with their view of the world. And in their view of the world, there's only three types of people. There are these poor, pitiful victims. There are these evil perpetrators. And at the top of that list of perpetrators are white men. And then there are liberal Democrats like she perceives her to be who are the great protectors uh, in the world. And I don't agree with that uh, uh, description of the people in this country or in the world. And so it's a, it, to me, it's, it's a lot of nonsense and distraction from what really is going on here. And it's the typical way uh, that they get votes uh, within our community. And so once again, let's let's ahead. talk about that. Let's talk about that, Lacey, because you think about this. It's like I, I was I was talking to someone uh, It was over a month ago about, you know, the rise of socialism in the United States the rise of these socialist ideals and the fact that in our school systems, in our university systems, in our high school, middle school, we've seen it even in elementary school, this espousing of these socialist ideas. And then you see, you know, the rise of people like issues that Bernie Sanders talks about or uh, Elizabeth Warren, you know, these Democratic potential presidential candidates. And they talk about these socialist ideas the way Ilhan Omar does, Rashida Tlaib, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, if we want to talk about the squad. Right. Why? Why are these ideas more important than the hard work, the ability to make something out of yourself, freedom, capitalism? If we forgot... Have we forgotten basically those fundamental values and teaching our own children how cool it is, how important it is to be your own independent person and have no one have ownership over you but yourself? Yes. Uh, it, it's really it's issues of self-empowerment and self-determination. Uh, it's an issue of freedom. Uh, what Omar and the Democrats like to do is they'd like to make sure that the results are even. They are, they are looking at equal opportunities. They're after equal results. And in their world, everyone would be average and everyone will not have incentive to uh, work hard, do their best. 
and they want to just just average all across the board. It's kind of like the NFL and parity. They want they want all the teams to be eight and eight. They don't want to reward uh, people or teams that put in the hard work, make the good choices in life, compete. And I, I tell people often there there's a reason that Microsoft and Google and Facebook and those type of companies were born in, in the United States and not socialist countries because this competitive spirit that we have, our history, our culture, it encourages excellence in a constant striving for excellence, which is the exact opposite of socialists and the socialist principles and ideas and the socialist things that they want to impose on our country. So I'm totally against that. And, and, and part of it is just to convince the people in my community that they have the talents and, and, and human capital to compete and to succeed, which I know they do. And, and, and so that's why I just totally against any type of socialist principle whatsoever. This is America. I love the way it's set up. I love the competitiveness. I love the fact that where you go in life depends upon your own efforts and things like that. And I love the fact that it's about freedom. It's not about sharing and everybody having equal results. It's, it's about equal opportunity. That's it. It's about equal opportunity. It's about everyone having the opportunity to make something out of their lives and for people to stop telling other people that they're victims. I mean, I've never seen, for me, for me, Lacey, that's the most racist thing you can do to anybody else. What, that's what? the most debilitating thing you can do to another human being is telling them, no, I'm sorry, you don't have the ability to succeed unless I give you money and provide you everything and then don't allow you to move up or to be your own person or have your own self-determination. I can't see anything worse than doing that to another human being. Yeah, and I'm trying to point out to people there is a lot of racism in the whole philosophy of your victims. And I have an expression, if I can do it, you can do it. If you can do it, I can do it. And if you listen to the Democrats, they're constantly sending a message that you can't do this. You're pitiful and you're poor and you always be pitiful and poor. So we got these programs and these hands out for you. Well, I'm trying to give a different perspective on that. Say, no, you can do it. If I was able to rise from a poor background, go to college, develop a career that got all kinds of examples, you can do it also. And so you hit it right, the nail on the head right there. I just cannot stand some of these things that are masquerading as we care and love for you, which is really racism on their side that people have not recognized, and I'm trying to point that out. That's important. That's important. Well, you're not the only one. You have other people running with you in that primary, right? I mean, is there four of you running Well, in I, the Republican primary? Yeah. Right now there are... Three of us, I last count, that's seeking the Republican endorsement in March. But to be honest, okay. I, like, I like my chances. I think everybody likes my chances better right now. I mean, I, 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 oh, I, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I like your chances, too. Tell me, what are you going to do during that primary to say, hey, look, uh, 5th District, uh, Minnesota, here, I am the man for you. I'm in it. What's going to make you stand out? What's going to make you the guy to run against Ilhan Omar? What's going to make you that person? Well, uh, what I tell people, I have something called Focus on Fees. And Fees is an acronym for Family, Education, Economics, and Spirituality. And whether you're looking at a poor 
uh, zip code like mine, where the family is just totally broken down, and we have to take some do take some measures to put the family back together. We got to have a, a, a straight and honest conversation. To be honest with you, with African American males, and say things like, "You got to stop breaking the law. You got to stay out of jail. You got to take care of your children. In fact, you got to marry and respect." Uh, the mothers of your children. So, so I'm getting rid of all excuses. So I'm, I'm, I'm uniquely qualified to talk uh, to that issue. But I also understand that there are families, there are other issues with families as far as the uh, uh, education gap, as far as taxes. I, I think everybody's uh, affected by crime and violence. So once again, family, focusing on family, making sure that everything we do is in support of family. As far as uh, education is concerned, uh, we have a serious achievement gap here. And to be honest with you, liberal educators will not ever solve that issue. And so to bring some different ideas to bear on that, like school choice, as far as the attitude that you have towards the children, uh, to understand that with some of these children, color do matter. You can't put your head in the sand to pretend that it doesn't. Uh, gender matter, you can't put your head, until we get to the point where it doesn't matter anymore, we can't put our hands in, uh, heads in the sands on that. So a lot of things with education, the cost of education, student loans, so take a look at those type of things. Uh, economically, uh, what I'm going to be focused on, especially for the poorest district, and we touched on it once before, is bringing a free enterprise-based uh, capitalism approach to, to tackle these problems, uh, creating global uh, technology companies, internet companies, creating financial companies that's competing on the world basis. Uh, we got to change our whole mindset and understand, once again, the difference between the greatness of America and the opportunities in America is that you can be whatever you want to be, but you got to be willing to, to compete. So I want to. And that's the message. And that's the message that you need to get out, right? right. For right. your district. They yes. need to hear that message because what they're hearing really loudly coming out of Washington, D.C., coming out of the swamp, coming out of the mouth of Representative Ilhan Omar is the exact opposite. She's saying you are the victims. You need to fight the system. We need to change the system. You are suffering because of the system. You are suffering not because of any actions you took, but the actions of others that have made you this way. And that's going to be a tough message to push through. I just saw that she has raised $1.1 million in her re-election bid right now. Um, and, you know, part of that was because of, uh, you know, the rally, Trump's rally. It, look, putting all of the back-and-forth fighting aside between President Trump, between Ilhan Omar, if you were sitting in a room with Ilhan Omar and you could talk to her just one-on-one, what would you say to her? What would you, how would you try to communicate with her? Well, the first thing I probably would do, and that's a good question, uh, I probably would uh, challenge her to uh, focus on her community in her district and deal with the uh, specific problems and issues within this district and some of the things that I talked about before as far as uh, poverty, business developed, crime and violence, taxes and things like that. Uh, secondly, I would explain to her the harm that her and her democratic liberal philosophy is doing to our people and and connect that philosophy of you poor pitiful people you can't do for yourself we're going to give you fish every year instead of teaching you how to fish and even though i can come here uh, 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 as an immigrant i can end up as a congressperson 
just because I can do it, really what the message you're sending to my community, I did, but you can't do it. And so I would uh, I would deal with those, those things, just the mindset that she's uh, promoting within our district. And finally, you know, there's some things she said as far as uh, anti-Semitic and anti-Israel comments. I would talk to her about that and understand, let her understand the historical relationship and the strategic relationship and the religious relationship we've had with Israel and how important that is uh, 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 to our country. So those are the type of things that I would sit down and talk to her about. I would also say to her, uh, you need to respect the sovereignty and security of this country. You need to stop all this no borders, let them all in, give them all health care uh, 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 type of nonsense that's really having a negative impact on this country. So those are the type of things I would talk to her about. Now, having said that, uh, I would also reach out a hand and say, you know what, somewhere maybe 10 years down the road, you might be ready, but you just ain't ready to serve our district right now with your mindset, your philosophy, and, and your ideas. And I say that from the standpoint of when I was young and, and, and uneducated, I lean liberal Democrat, but as I got older, I got wiser, when I started thinking for myself, I realized that all those things were negatively impacting me, and it was negatively impacting my community, and it was negatively impacting this country. So. Maybe one of these days, there's, I don't want to eliminate all hope for it. There might be a 1% chance that she'll come around. So I'll probably leave it there and hope one day she'll come around. But as far as considering right now, there's a lot of things that she's for that is just totally anti my community, anti this country, and I will point that out to her. I don't think I could have heard a better wrap-up than that. You're a good man, Lacey Johnson, and you have an incredible message to deliver not only to the 5th District of Minnesota, but to America. And I can tell you that that message is going to resonate loudly and strongly with my audience and with anybody else who listens to this podcast. It's that important, that important. And I want to thank you, too, uh, Lacey, for coming on the show, even though you have a cold and even though you've been feeling under the weather. Because I know how you feel, and you could have easily said, I'm too sick to do the show today, but you did it. And I don't know how to thank you enough for doing that and for being a part of this show. You're an amazing human being. You've got so much to offer. I'm going to be following you along on the campaign, and I'm going to leave one, give you 20 seconds to say whatever you want to say to the audience or to uh, or to your district. Is there any final message? Well, the first thing I want to do is let them know that I have a website. LaceyJohnson.com, and you can go out there and support me, volunteer, whatever, learn a little bit more about me. Uh, the last thing I want to say is that politics to me is about solving problems and improving people's lives. And I'm not in it for anything selfish, any uh, monetary value, or anything like that. I'm just here to make this country a better country. And just like Donald Trump said, make America better. And that's why I'm running. Wow. Thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful day. Get well soon. And I will bring you back on the show soon. Right, Jenny? We're going to put him back on the show in the next few weeks, right? We will. Okay. Thank you, Lacey. Thank you, Sarah. Was that incredible, folks? Just think about it. There are so many people in this country, um, I'm sure, like Lacey Johnson with the message, but look at how brave he is. Look how he's standing up. This isn't just about... Representative Ilhan Omar, this is about the message that is being delivered from the left 
this socialist message that is attempting to change the fabric of our country, attempting to change who we are as a people, what we fundamentally stand for. We're not a socialist nation. We pride ourselves on individuality, on our ability to rise above all of those obstacles that stand before us and make something out of ourselves. We all have a cross to bear. I'm sure if I could talk to each and every one of you out there that's listening to me right now, and you could tell me a story about your family and how they came to this country and the struggles that they, and the, the, the suffering that took place too, but also the triumphs and the ability to make something out of yourself. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day about my mother and I, I know I bring her up here and there quite often because she stays in my heart. Uh, she passed away years ago, but my mother, you know, worked so hard. I was listening to Mr. Johnson, Mr. Lacey Johnson, talking about, you know, giving people that that ability to believe in themselves, that no matter how difficult it is, that there's a way through it. And I also heard him talking about fairness, right? He spoke a little bit about how things aren't always fair. That's not a word that we should use, like, Make it fair. Things are not always fair. Sometimes life is tough. And sometimes you carry that burden so that your family has an opportunity and a future and a life ahead of them. Right? So that your children have something to look forward to. I remember after my father died and when my mother had to go back to work, you know, she didn't have a college education. She spoke broken English, um, but she did her best. She was an American citizen. But I remember she worked in a, a, a facility for the elderly, and she would sit and talk with the, you know, with the people that were patients there. She would clean. I remember eventually she ended up working in a factory, a Kirkhill Rubber Company in Brea, California. And I would go pick her up late at night at 1130 at night. My poor mom, you know, exhausted from the factory, putting together, you know, parts for airplane parts. She was so proud of herself, though. Every time she got that paycheck and she brought it home and she could take care of me and my brother and she could make sure we had a roof over our heads and food on the table, she was proud of herself. And she should be proud of herself. She should have been. And I look back and I think, wow, I'm so lucky to have had a mom who was willing to do whatever it took to give me and my brother everything so that we would have a better life. And that's what Lacey Johnson is talking about. He's talking about uplifting the people in his district, telling them, no, it's not all gone. You have the opportunity to be anything you want to be. If you believe in yourself enough, believe in your children, believe in your family, Believe in the sacrifices that were made by your forefathers, by your ancestors that suffered. But don't give up and don't fall prey to this victimization message that is being pushed by the left. Lacey Johnson has a chance to run against Ilhan Omar. And his message was very clear. And if people just listen to that message, that message is the root of this nation. That is the fundamental message that has made our nation so great. You know, for those of us that still believe in the Constitution, still believe in independence, liberty, and freedom, 
that message resonates. Nothing in this world is really equal. And there's not always fairness. But there's independence, liberty, and freedom. There's a belief in ourselves to make ourselves better, to make ourselves special, different, and to fight together and to move forward. That's what this is about. And that's that message that I think resonated with President Trump when he ran in 2016. He was willing to listen. Make America great again. Believe in your country. Believe in yourselves. And I know it's out there, and I know that resonates with people. I know I'm talking and talking and talking. I was just very moved by uh, Mr. Lacey Johnson's interview. I think it's so important. In fact, I'm going to listen to it over and over again. What a great message. I'm so happy that you were with me today. You know, I'm a fellow at the Independent Women's Forum. I love it. I love IWF, um, and I try to do as much work with them as possible Please go visit their website at independentwomensforum.com. You can visit them there, see what they do for all you women out there that want to see what's happening uh, with us conservative women and what we're working on. And here at Hillsdale College Kirby Center, that's where I'm recording from. It's a beautiful studio. I love the folks here. I love what we're doing here. And thank you so much for joining me. I am so happy to be with you again. Join me next week for another great episode on the Sarah Carter Show. We have so many surprise guests. You are going to be excited to hear them. And not just from the United States, folks. We just got back from South Korea, and I was just in Japan. I'm looking forward to sharing those stories for you. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving.